Welcome to the Crosswalk Church Podcast, Phoenix, Arizona. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you here this morning. Wow, you all came out despite the fact that that game is starting in just a few minutes. You know that, right? Don't leave. Don't leave. Well, I had to wear my jersey today to at least give you the flavor. I know some of you are expecting that second service message is going to be a little bit shorter because of the game. I want to disabuse you of that thought. You know, Jeff's long sermons come whether there's football or not. Anyway, I am grateful that you're all here this morning. And there is more to this Kurt Warner number 13 jersey than meets the eye. We're talking this morning about playing to our strengths, about using the gifts, abilities, and talents that God has given us to bring honor back to God, ultimately. That's the purpose for which God has given us everything. And remember last week, we talked about how everything that we have, and and we were focusing a lot on our financial resources last week, but everything we have, including our talents and abilities, our personalities, ultimately comes from God. They, they all come from God. And, um, and so they're, they're given back to God in gratitude for all that he's done. Remember last week we talked about how he not only created us, but he redeemed us. He bought us back from sin and Satan to equip us to serve him when we bask in his love and grace and forgiveness. So we're going to continue on that theme this morning. And I want to do so by uh, reading from Matthew chapter 25. And uh, just a little bit of introduction on this passage. It's kind of interesting to look at the context. I don't always have you look at the verses that surround uh, the verses that we're, that we're tackling for that particular Sunday. Today it's Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. If you brought your Bibles today, I just want you to take a peek at For example, the title uh, over Matthew chapter 25, verse 1, it's another parable that Jesus told, the parable of the ten virgins. And essentially, the point of that parable is that we need to be ready for judgment day to come, and it will come. Then he goes on to tell the parable of the talents, the one that we're going to talk about specifically today. But then he goes back in verse 31, and he begins to talk about judgment day again tells the, uh, the parable of the, the sheep and the goats. And he emphasizes how important it is in these last days for us to be loving one another. And that, in fact, he says, when we love one another, we're actually loving Jesus. Now, the reason I bring this out is what we're going to talk about today clearly has urgency attached to it. These are some of the last words that Jesus taught to his disciples before going to the upper room and, and being arrested. Some of his last teachings. And, uh, and he takes this occasion to really emphasize, look, the time is short. You are not going to know when I will come back in power. So treat your talents and abilities and gifts as, as something that, that has a matter of urgency to it. So let's, let's dig into Matthew chapter 25. We'll uh, begin looking at verse 14. Inside your bulletin folders are the crosswalk notes. Feel free to pull those out and you can follow along. I put the entire passage in there for you. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, 
to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, it would have received, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I said a moment ago that wearing this jersey is, uh, is something that is, is not just about there being an NFC championship today. I think those of you who have followed the story of Kurt Warner and number 13 is Kurt Warner's number know that this is a man who is a Christ follower and who loves to take the opportunity afforded to him by the fact that he is a star football player to talk about Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done for him in his life. He loves to do fun little things even with his kids. Maybe some of you have heard the story about how when the Warners go out to eat, they will um, allow their kids to pick another family in the restaurant and just simply anonymously pay their bill because it's fun to watch the other families surprise at someone's anonymous kindness. So if you ever go out to eat in a restaurant and you see Kurt Warner, sit close to him. That's my recommendation. Okay. Kurt Warner, in an article that was printed in the Arizona Republic a few days ago, said it wasn't always this way. Uh, his wife, Brenda, grew up a Christian. But Kurt began to really dig into the Bible after he got into his, his relationship with his girlfriend, Brenda, who now is his wife. And um, he began to read the Bible, and he began to, out of that reading, become convinced that he wasn't fully following the will of God that's real, revealed in God's Word. And furthermore, he, he began to be convinced that Brenda was not even though she grew up as a Christian, fully following the will of God in the Bible. 
And he began to confront her about that. In the article, there's kind of a funny little part where Brenda says, you know, he started talking about how we just, the two of us, if we're going to have a relationship together, we've got to get closer to God and follow his commands in the Bible. And he started with this premarital sex thing. And I said, you know, it's a big Bible. Couldn't we start somewhere else? But Kurt was determined to follow the whole will of God because he had, had encountered a man, a God-man named Jesus Christ. And through his reading of the Bible, he came to understand the grace of God, not just the law of God, the commandments of God, the holiness of God, but also the love of God, the forgiveness of God. That gospel message that always gets the last word, and it's an awesome message, you know that. And, it, and if you don't know that, if this is your first time here today and you're a guest, I hope that not only today, but that you will come back in future times and come to know that amazing message of the forgiveness, mercy, and grace of God because that's what motivated Kurt Warner's heart to change. The Holy Spirit operating through the Bible, God's Word, changed his heart. And now today, he is the man who tirelessly, really, and and against a lot of criticism, uses the talents and abilities he's been given to faithfully point back to God. And you will probably see him do that today. That's really what this message is about, and it's part of the reason I wore this number 13 jersey. What we're talking about today under the title of Play to Your Strengths is really this question. How can you and I be both faithful and fruitful in the use of the talents and abilities and personalities that all cycle back to God. And the answer to that question of playing to our strengths is really contained in in three things. And And the very first thing is we need to be able to recognize what our gifts are. We need to be able to identify what our gifts are. You see, it starts with probably what Kurt Warner has learned, and hopefully what is being taught in this church, what the Bible certainly teaches. And it's four things. I put some blanks in your crosswalk notes, so pull those out. Here's, here's where it begins. As we try to discover our gifts, it begins with this. Do I know, first of all, that I'm created to serve God? I put a passage in your crosswalk notes. For we are God's workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Would you underline that phrase? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, that's so important for us to understand that that God knit us together in our mother's womb, the psalmist tells us. Created us perfectly just the way he wants us to be. True, later on, we're spoiled by sin. We know, we know that story, but as God created Adam and Eve before, the sin, before sin came into the world, he created them perfect, all was well. Even today, you are designed exactly the way God wants you to be, to do the works that he wants you to do. See what it says, see what it says there, which God prepares in advance for us to do. So you're created to serve God. Secondly of all, I'm cured to serve God. As I said just a moment ago, that perfect creation was spoiled by the disease of sin. 
even today, from the moment of your conception, sin has spoiled you and has twisted you. Your will now wants to rebel against God by nature, from birth. And you want to run as far away from God in fear because you sense his holiness and his perfection. That's how it is. And that's a horrible disease to have, to want to run every time you see God or to want to rebel every time you see God. But that's what the Bible reveals to us. It tells us that's how it is by birth for each of us now because of sin in the world. But it's been cured. It's the very reason Jesus came, was to bring that cure. Jesus said, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick, spiritually sick people, spiritually poor people like you and me. And now that he has brought his blood, his body, that sacrifice, and and following the sacrifice is resurrection, you are cured through faith in Jesus Christ of your sin, and now you're cured to serve. Uh, Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And he says, this is your spiritual act of worship. What an awesome passage. Thirdly, you're called to serve God. Not only did God do this universal act of redemption, by living a perfect life in your place, by dying on the cross, by raising on the, rising from the grave on the third day, which, which took care of the sin of all people, through the word and the sacraments, he sends his Holy Spirit to call you to be a Christ follower. And often we use that term here, don't we? Christian indicates something that you are. Okay? And, and by faith, that is what we are. When we, when we trust in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are Christians. But we often use the phrase Christ follower because being a Christian is also an active thing, isn't it? We are following Christ. We're serving him and we're worshiping him with everything that we do. So as Christ followers, we know our call is to serve God. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, Timothy, do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done. It's all by grace. But because of his own purpose and grace. And finally... If all of that's not enough for you, you're commanded to serve God. When Jesus himself came, told his disciples, I want you to love one another. I want you to serve one another. Whoever wants to be the greatest among you should become a slave. And then he goes on and he he reminds them of, of himself. He says, look, why did I come? I did not come, Jesus says, to be served but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And then he says, so love one another and serve one another. We're commanded to serve God. Well, here's the thing about identifying what your gifts are, discovering your gifts. It's not as easy as it might first appear. Even though we might know that we're created, 
we're, we're cured, all those list of four things. You know and I know that we're all different too, aren't we? You're not, for example, Kurt Warner, and even if I'm wearing his jersey, I will never be Kurt Warner and have his talents and abilities with the football. We're all blessed differently. And doesn't that come out in the parable? Kind of interesting, isn't it? Go back to Matthew chapter 25. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to him. Your gifts and talents are God's property that's been entrusted to you. And then it goes on, it says this. To one he gave, how many talents? Five talents, right? And to another he gave two talents. And to another one talent. And there's a very important phrase. Each according to his ability. God blesses us with different talents and abilities, personalities, all for his own purpose. And I I love that, that he says each according to his own ability, because you know what? We don't all have the same abilities to do certain things. And part of recognizing our gifts, identifying them, is, is understanding how God has particularly blessed me. It's not always an easy thing. But clearly here, he gives to one person five talents. You know what a talent originally was? Though it's the word that we get our word for ability from, originally it was actually a sum of money, a coin. And before that, it was a weight of money, 75 pounds. So imagine being given a 75-pound bag of silver or gold. Even one talent would be amazing, wouldn't it? And to one he gives five, and to another two. And that's the same with us. Even if we only have one talent, we have been blessed so amazingly. But I know the people in this church, and I know that you are people who have been blessed with many gifts and talents and abilities. And we're going to talk about how you can identify those. Let's talk about some practical ways of identifying your talents and abilities because they're all different. Number one, I think one of the things that we've tried to do here at Crosswalk is set up what we call our class system. And as you work your way through 101 and 201 and 301, hopefully studying God's word together with fellow believers, talking with them, getting to know them, you're going to find help through that class system in getting to know where your talents and abilities lie. In fact, we think this is so important that we're actually reorganizing our class system so that what was once 301 is going to become 401, and what was once 401, which is our gifts and talents class, is going to become 301. We're going to push that a little bit earlier on in the class system so that we can help people because we're sensing that there are people who are really going, how can I serve God? Where are my gifts and abilities and talents? That's one way you can learn to develop is in this sort of formal way where maybe you take a spiritual gifts inventory or a talents inventory. I personally think there's a better way than that. Not that I'm belittling our class system because I love it and I think it's helpful. There's a a gentleman by the name of Guy Kawasaki who wrote a book called The Art of the Start. And he's writing this book for entrepreneurs. And the main 
point of this book, The Art of the Start, is just get going. Don't wait. Don't spend too much time planning and figuring things out. Step in to whatever business venture you want to start and get going. And as you move forward, you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn about your business. You're going to figure it out. I think the point of that book is a great point for learning what our talents and abilities are, too. I would encourage people, and I have encouraged people here at Crosswalk, don't wait for a 301 class to raise your hand and volunteer to serve. Just raise your hand, dig in, and you're going to learn a lot of stuff. Do you notice what, what Jesus points out in the parable? I think it's kind of interesting what happens. In Matthew 25, verse 15, it says, To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So there he is. The master is on his journey. Verse 16. The man who had received the five talents went at once. And put his money to work and gained five more. One great way to discover your talents and what you're capable of with those talents is to do exactly what this guy did. He went at once and he put his talent to work. And it says because he did that, he gained five more. So here's my encouragement to you as you go about discovering your gifts. Just dig in and begin to serve I think you're going to find that it's, it's amazing how God will guide you and allow you to produce fruit for him and glorify him through what you do. So here's our first point. Number one, if we're going to be faithful and fruitful in our gifts, we have to discover what our strengths are. Easy enough if it's a bag of silver, right? You just count them, one, two, three, four, five. Maybe not so easy if it's a talent or ability, but there's two practical ways that you can definitely do that. There are two things that we need to understand about the second part. And the second part of this is, after we discover what our gifts are, we've been given this amazing ability by God to be able to develop our gifts. And I I just, I love that. And, And in a way... It's paradoxical. That's why I say there's two things that we all need to know about this. On the one hand, everything that we have comes from God. And the whole array of gifts uh, belongs to him and all glory to him. Paul wrote to the Romans, and I didn't uh, use this verse earlier, but look at what it says there. We have different gifts. I put this one in your crosswalk notes. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Circle that. Our talents and abilities are given us. They're gifts from God. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, 6, Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them and all men. So here's the very first thing we have to realize as we're developing our gifts. If we want to develop our gifts that we've discovered, 
it comes back to looking back to God for his power and his strength and recognizing that it all started and it all continues with him. He is the giver of all talents. But, as I said, paradoxically, that doesn't mean we should just sit back and wait. God, I'm waiting. When are you going to give me my five talents, my two talents, my one talent? I want you to take a look at another passage that I put in for you. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Circle that phrase, work at it with all your heart. And then notice what it says next, as working for the Lord, the one who gave you your talents and abilities, not for men, since you, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So here's the paradox. On the one hand, it all comes from God, and we need to look to him to provide our talents, abilities, personalities. On the flip side, God gives us this amazing ability to develop the gifts and talents that we have by his power. And you know where that starts, don't you? It starts with the very first gift. The most important gift. The gift of God's son, Jesus. And it continues with the second most important gift. It continues when God sends his Holy Spirit into your heart through the Bible, through baptism, through the Lord's Supper. And he calls you and he says, come on. And he motivates you out of love for what Jesus has done for you on the cross and coming out of the empty tomb and doing everything perfectly in your place as your perfect substitute. And when the the love of God just wells up in your heart, you're going to be motivated and you're going to go, okay, now, now how can I serve this amazing God who has so blessed me and so graced me? with his love. And you're going to want to develop those gifts. You know, there's a huge story in the news right now. And I, I don't know if this person is a Christ follower or not. There hasn't been a lot of personal references to his, his life. But it's still an amazing illustration of how important it is that once we identify and discover our gifts, to, to develop them. You know what story I'm talking about? The story of Captain Sullenberger who brought that plane down on the Hudson River. There's, a, there's an article that was written in the newspaper. I just want to read to you. Listen to how, how beautifully this makes the point that once you know what your gifts are, Begin to develop them because you don't know when those are going to be needed. Chesley B. Sully Sullenberger III spent practically his whole life preparing for the five-minute crucible that was U.S. Airways Flight 1549. He got his pilot's license at 14. So That tells you he had a gift from God because he already had his pilot's license at 14. Later, he was named best aviator in his class at the Air Force Academy. He flew fighter jets, investigated air disasters. He took an interest in these kinds of matters like air disasters. He mastered glider flying, glider flying, 
even studied the psychology of cockpit crews in a crisis. He even went into getting a psychology degree so that he could understand what might happen in a crisis situation. He took a gift that he had clearly been given from God, and he said, how can I develop this gift and make it the best possible thing? When the ultimate test came on a descent over the Hudson River, he spoke into the intercom only once and gave perhaps the most terrifying instruction a pilot can give, brace for impact with remarkable calm because he had developed his gift. You see what Jesus is teaching here when he says, the man who had received five talents went at once and put his money to work. See, that's what Jesus is really calling us to do when it says he put his money to work. He's saying, take the talents that I I have given you, put them to work and develop them. And, And notice what happens. And gained five more. And the same for the man with the two talents. And and you have to say the same for someone like Captain Sullenberger or Kurt Warner that we talked about earlier. They took their talents and they put them to work and they gained on them. And in the case of Captain Sullenberger, he not only gained five talents, when the time was right, he saved 150 lives because... Motivated by the Spirit, he developed his talents. And that's why I I think it's an important second part of playing to our strengths is to learn how to to develop. You know, in in the flight world, if you're an airplane pilot, one of the main things that you have to do is just practice and drill and training, and simulation, right? They even have these amazing flight simulators. You can practice all kinds of situations. And we've given a lot of thought to that here at Crosswalk. Because if we are to serve God and really be faithful, really be faithful with the gifts he's given us, I think a part of that is is having practice fields, and simulations where we can come together as Christians and learn to work together and serve God so that the things that we do on a Sunday or or even on another day of the week together with fellow believers, now we can take it into our life on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Yes, all of our gifts are worked by the Spirit. But also, we can take opportunities to develop those gifts. I want to ask Phil to come up this morning because he's going to talk about one potential practice field, one potential exercise where we're going to be coming together in a few weeks as a, a group of Christ followers to, um, to practice our uh, outreach talents. Phil? You know, a lot of times in our lives, we develop our gifts and abilities maybe alone or in small groups, maybe uh, in groups of five or ten or, or by ourselves at our jobs, who knows? There are very few times where we as people who, who attend a church can all develop our abilities together. And one of those times is coming up, and that's the Levine Barbecue, which is February 8th. And I'm excited about it on, on a variety of issues. First of all, uh, there's going to be delicious food. So if you like to eat uh, good barbecue meat, come to that. 
But because we talked about, you know, developing our gifts and how play from your strengths, there's a place for everyone at at this barbecue. There's going to be over 5,000 people from Levine there, and a lot of them will be unchurched. A lot of them might have questions um, about, you know, why should I come attend Crosswalk? Maybe they have questions about God. And whether you're a social person who can walk up to anyone and talk to anyone, or you're someone who maybe just good with their hands and can uh, serve some food or, or do some cleanup, there, there is a place for you. And it's a place where all of us together uh, can, can be serving. How awesome would it be if, if we all showed up and wore our Crosswalk t-shirts and you saw hundreds of people with these black Crosswalk t-shirts there? Um, so I, I want to encourage you to look at, at that event February 8th and to see if you'd like to come. Even attending is a good idea, but it's an awesome way that, that all of us all over 400 people, men, women, and children who come each Sunday morning uh, have a place there. And, and it's a time where we can do it together. So I'd encourage you to do that. Um, Claudine Reifschneider is here today. She's the uh, Levine Community Council president. And, I, and she's standing right there in the back, right there. She can wave her hand. If you'd be willing, find her after the service. She'll be outside by the greeters table and see all the different positions. There's some pretty cool positions available um, to help out. We also are looking for people for our Crosswalk Kids booth. Uh, if you'd like to, to help out with that, you can write that on the communication card. So, so think about it, ponder it, and, and see if that would be a way that you'd want to develop your gifts today. So Jesus says he hands out talents to some of us, five, to some two, a variety, an amazing Variety. I love to, to read through 1 Corinthians 12. This talks about how there's this, this amazing variety of gifts that gets given to, to his church and how they all dovetail together to make this perfect, perfect whole that can serve God and give him glory. You can also develop your gifts. We just talked about that. We talked about practice fields that we have. We talked about putting our talent to work, as Jesus said, and doing that with urgency and immediacy. The last thing that we want to talk about after discover your strengths and after um, develop your strengths is is something that we find in this uh, Matthew chapter 25. So let's open back up to there. And I want to read one more verse. Verse 19, after a long time, it says there, the master of those servants returned. And what did he do when he returned? He settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. Do we believe that when we've been given talents that there will be a time that God will call upon us to deliver those talents back to him, to honor him, to be visibly faithful with those talents, to produce fruits as as happened here? Here are five more talents for you, Lord. You see, what Jesus is really saying is that there there will be a time of accountability. Remember where this parable is. It's sandwiched in between those two parables about judgment day, the big day of accountability, the permanent day 
of accountability. And what does he say about that one servant, by the way, who took his talent and simply buried it in the ground? I know for myself, it's, it's something that causes me to ask myself is, do I have some talent that I am just leaving to lie fallow there in the ground, that I am literally burying, uh, burying in the ground and hiding it away? You know what he says to him, don't you? You wicked, lazy servant. Those can be kind of hard words to think about. And yet, this is not different from everyday life. Kurt Warner, he has to be accountable for his talents, maybe in a small way, not a big judgment day way, but on game day. Captain Sullenberger, it was only five short minutes. But once he discovered his talents and spent years and years in various ways developing his talent, that five minutes came. And, and at that point, whether he was going to be ready to use those talents or not became very, very important. Know how many of you have heard the story of Eric Little? The flying Scotsman, the runner who was the subject of a movie called The Chariots of Fire, a great classic movie. He, um, he was called upon to race, and Eric had been trained in uh, his Christian church as a young boy that you don't do anything on a Sunday morning. And one of his Olympic races, the 100 meters, came up. And his conscience told him, I, I can't race in that race. What, what was he going to do? Was he going to be faithful to what his conscience was telling him at that moment, that it was not right for him to run on a Sunday, even though it was the 100-meter race? Those of you who've seen the movie Chariots of Fire, you know what happens. And if you haven't seen that movie, it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. It's a classic in the end, he chooses not to run. And in the following days, there's another race that comes up, one that he's generally not been as skilled at running, the 400 meter. And he's passed on the chance, a very high chance, of getting the gold medal. And right before the 400 meter race, one of the trainers comes up with a little slip of paper in his hand. And in that slip of paper is a quote from the Psalms. And it simply says this, that those who are faithful to God will be rewarded by the Lord. Eric carried that piece of paper in his hand as he ran the 400-meter race and won the gold medal in that race. Eric knew that there's always a day of accountability and that it's important for us to be faithful as we discover and develop our gifts. And so we have to be prepared also brothers and sisters in Christ, to deliver our gifts back to God, just as happens in this parable. And I know that you and I would love to hear Jesus say these words, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. What amazing 
words to hear from our Lord and our God. Well done, good and faithful servant. You see, being faithful means to be true to God in everything that we do, wanting to honor God with everything we do. And you know where that comes from. I've said it several times already this morning, but I'm going to circle back to it at the very end of today's message because it is so critically important. To be faithful and true to God emerges from God's love for us. It emerges from that great gift of his son Jesus for you. The forgiveness and mercy and grace that that he gives you. Maybe some of the words that you've heard here this morning have struck you a little hard. Maybe on a few occasions as you thought about that big day of accountability or perhaps about a talent or gift that you're wondering, maybe I've, maybe I've buried that talent in the ground. Maybe God's word has seemed a little bit like a mirror to you today, one that helps you see that you have sinned against God and buried a talent. And if that's the case, and it often is when we hear God's holy word, then I want to circle back and remind you of that last best word. Jesus came, and he was faithful, and he was fruitful perfectly in your place. And he looks you square in the eye right now, and he says, here, all my faithfulness, all my fruitfulness, all that I've done is yours. And he says, you know what? Just so you know, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that this is real and it is for you. I've gone to the cross for you. And I've risen from the tomb for you. Your sins are gone. When we can't be faithful, and we can't always because we're sinful, when we can't be fruitful, and we aren't always Christ's faithfulness and fruitfulness is always there for us. I hope you lean on it and trust in it. And that is the motivation for faithful, fruitful use of your talents. Brothers and sisters in Christ, guests who are here today, whoever you are, play to your strengths, empowered by God the Holy Spirit, motivated by the love of Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you've done. You sent your son Jesus for us. And Lord, many times we do fall short. We admit that. We haven't always been faithful. And and even less often have we been fruitful in the use of our talents and abilities and gifts. Lord, you are an amazing God because you simply look at us sinful people and you say, I forgive you. I send my son to live in your place to be your perfect substitute. Put all your worries away. Put all your guilt and shame away. You are a dearly loved child of God. Lord, help us to cling to that truth. And Lord, help our hearts respond to that truth in gratitude and to be committed Committed, like some of the people that we talked about today, to to discovering what our gifts are, to to developing those gifts, Lord, and, and then to delivering them back to you for your glory in gratitude. Lord, we've talked about many heroes today, but the biggest hero of all, the hero that we worship, the hero that we honor, 
is your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosswalk Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at crosswalkphoenix.com. 